0: You are listening to the Brave AF podcast. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to live a bold, brave and badass life, which of course is the mindset behind it all. You're in the right place if you want to give fewer fucks about what other people think, quit the procrastination, stop the people pleasing and release your tight grip on perfection. I know a thing or two about all of it. (laughs) I am your host, certified life coach and rebel, Zena Jones. And I am on a mission to help women lead brave as fuck lives whilst also having their own backs. So my friend, let's fucking go. Hello my friends, we have got a treat today for the podcast. We have got one of my friends and an incredible colleague and coach Jess Johnson who is here with us today talking about emotions, so all about feelings and also a technique that she uses called called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, which is commonly referred to as tapping. We're going to talk about that. And also I share a little bit about an experience I had with her when she was helping me through a memory. And what's so funny on reflection of this episode is that during the episode when her and I were talking about it, I could barely remember the event. I had to really think about What had happened and why I'd gone to her for coaching because the experience I had had with her using this EFT, this tapping process that we talk about, was so profound that I can barely remember the original memory and why we were working on it in the first place. So, to give you a little bit of context, I had reached out to Jess and asked her for some help with a memory that was tripping me up when it came to putting myself out there, when it came to talking about what I did, when it came to, you know, asking people to work with me, talking about my services, that kind of a thing. I was getting really stuck on this memory I had had from school where I had been in a classroom environment and I had asked the school secretary, she'd come into the classroom and I had asked her for some help and she started yelling at me and the entire classroom went silent and everyone was looking at me. She went out and slammed the door and then everyone was laughing at me. And that's all that I can remember but I remember that when I had the session with Jess I was able to give so much detail and even now when I'm talking about how it was showing up and affecting me I can barely think of how how that was impacting me because my my memory of it has been changed the way I see it I don't even think about it anymore it's like not even a memory that I really have okay so this work that she is talking about and the the things that she is doing in the world is incredibly profound and I am so blessed to be able to share it with you all. So let me give you a bit of an introduction, a bit of a background on Jess, who she is and what she does, okay? So powerful mindset coaching meets psychological acupressure with a dash of magic. is how to best describe what it feels like to work with life coach and certified EFT practitioner, Jess Johnson. And my friends, I can attest to that. It is true. (laughs) As a former therapist and U.S. Army veteran with a career that began working in corrections, there's nothing she hasn't seen, heard, or smelled, allowing her to hold space for even the most complicated headspaces. She harnesses those skills in her work as a life coach for life coaches and practitioners, combining mindset management with the Energy Modality EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, most commonly referred to as tapping, to help her clients to process feelings and understand their emotions so that they can clearly think and clearly get shit done. (laughs) You may have experienced EFT before, and you may have also heard me referring to it here on the podcast, but you've never experienced it like this, and I totally agree with that. She takes it to a whole new level, my friends. She tends to attract woo-curious overthinkers who are ready to have their minds blown and their results accelerated by learning to reverse decisions made by younger versions of themselves, decisions that were from what we coaches refer to as limiting beliefs, okay? It is the closest thing that you will get to time travel without Bill and Ted's phone booth or Marty's DeLorean. I don't even know what that is. Jess, we need to talk about that. I hope you know. If you're someone dealing with what feels like an invisible barrier between you and the life you want, or you are struggling with dealing with your emotions and maybe they feel too big or too time consuming to handle, she is the life coach for you. Her clients have described working with her as brilliant, shocking, mind blowing, as well as safe, accepted and seen and pretty damn fun to work with. And I, my friend, can attest to all of that. I highly recommend Jess. And I'm so excited that you guys get to hear this conversation that we had and experience the magic that she is doing in the world. Now, I'm also going to drop all of her links for you to find her and connect with her. So I highly recommend you follow her on Instagram. You sign up to her email list. But if you guys are fellow crazy cat ladies like me, guys, she'll hook you up. (laughs) Just saying. All right, my friends, enjoy this incredible conversation with Jess Johnson. All right. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have my friend, colleague, and incredible coach, Jess Johnson with us today, all the way from Hawaii. So welcome, Jess. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming along. And I want to start out by getting you to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all. Thank you so much for having me i'm really excited for our conversation today um so i'm jess johnson i'm a mindset coach and an emotions expert that combines mindset techniques with the energy modality technique uh energy modality period emotional freedom techniques otherwise known as tapping in my coaching practice to help my clients understand and interpret their emotions So they can think clearly and integrate that thought work they're learning faster. Mm,
0: Yes. So we're going to dive into all of that because I've got like a million questions for you about emotions and feelings and all the things. And I especially want you to tell our listeners about EFT. So the tapping, because you really did introduce me to that. And I have had like such powerful experiences and transformation through that process. So I'm very excited.
1: I love to hear it. Um, So I get super excited talking about this. So I'm always going to like try to like check in with you and you tell me whether to keep going or whether we need (laughs) pause because I can get, you know, as we get with anything like super excited and passionate about what we love to talk about and what we think is so important for others to know. But I also want to be mindful of the time and that humans can only take in so much information at any given time. So for me, how I coach on emotions is I help people understand and kind of differentiate between emotions as a physiological response in our body, meaning it is something that we feel, whether tension in our shoulders that always seems to come up when we are stressed out or Maybe we get a migraine headache every time a certain topic comes up or anxiety, right? However, anxiety tends to show up for people. For me, it's always like, I call them like the bad butterflies, the rotten butterflies in my stomach or tightness in my throat and esophagus. And oftentimes what happens is we have a sensation in our body, feel an emotion, and we start having thoughts about what is going on. And we typically assign some kind of judgment to ourselves for that, which then creates a feeling. And so when we're able to kind of really pay attention, get in tune with what is going on in our body, why these sensations come up for us, why does maybe one person tend to feel anxiety in their stomach, while well, another person might feel it in their chest, right? This is like all of our emotions are created by almost always like past experiences that happened to us when we were younger. Now, I'm a big fan of contradicting myself. And so I'll just make a point on that right now. I'll say like most of our emotions are created somewhere in childhood right like an emotion like anger over something that is happening a, a, mis, a you know an um, bit of is misjustice a word is that the word I want
0: to use like we we make up a lot of words on this podcast so even if it's not it is now it's injustice that's what I was going
1: for so if we see like something that, we we know is an injustice on TV. I'll use the example here in the US of school shooting. Anger is a completely appropriate. Um, I actually don't even really like using the t- the word appropriate when it comes to our emotions because what might be, like, who defines what appropriate is, right? I tend mm-hmm. to actually. Um, proportionate and disproportionate to what's going on. So anger, because sadness, heartbreak because of something like a school shooting, totally proportionate to that response. But it's when uh, our anger becomes destructive and causes us to kind of withdraw inward and uh, turn in on ourselves, creating more sadness, creating more anger, more frustration, more helplessness versus constructive anger, which can be used to take that and go out and be an activist and make change that way. So being able to really um, understand like what that difference is, right? What's the difference maybe from a core emotion that I tend to feel all the time when somebody misunderstands me. Right. I'll keep it to me. Like that is just kind of one of my um, limiting beliefs that I have worked on my entire time as a coach. Um, and it, because it's anytime I felt misunderstood, I would make it mean something about me. And I could kind of chase that back to a couple of things that happened when I was a kid that aren't even like. As an adult, I kind of look back on that. And again, it's easy to judge myself, right? I'm like, oh, I was five and like scolded by my dad because he caught me trying to drink my brother's antibiotic because I thought it looked like bubble gum, right? (laughs) A five-year-old is scolded like that and is terrified. She thinks she did something horribly wrong, right? And so... Through my own work, I was able to uncover this memory of being five years old, going into the refrigerator, drinking this antibiotic, my dad coming out kind of losing his shit because he was scared. He thought that, you know, his five-year-old was gonna OD on a pink antibiotic. And that really like scared. But then I made a decision as a five-year-old about my ability to use my voice to help myself be understood because I was trying to tell him, hey, I didn't actually get any into my mouth, but dad instinct took over and it, it turned into an event being taken to the hospital, almost having my stomach pumped, like all of these things. So five-year-old Jess made this decision that her voice it cannot be heard. She's not eloquent enough. And that continued to play out in adulthood until I started really being able to understand that actually this isn't about me, it's about a part of me that is still reliving this moment. But that doesn't mean that I have to continue making this current decision in my head about not being eloquent, being easily misunderstood, not um, Mm. to use my words right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I really relate to that experience. You actually helped me. I don't know if you remember that I had a childhood memory of like very similar, like being afraid to ask for what I need and what I want in a classroom setting. And then the whole classroom went silent and like everyone was laughing at me and the teacher was like yelling at me and like it was a whole thing. And the funny thing is, I don't even remember now really what it was all about and how it was impacting me. Because I've, I've kind of, I've taken all of the emotion right out of it. Does that make sense? Like we worked on that and now I, d- I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even know what, what the issue was. I'm like, I'm good.
1: I'm going to explain what actually first I'm going to talk about EFT. Cause that's kind of like where we're going into and I haven't kind of introduced it yet. And then I'm going to okay. come back, talk about the phenomenon that happens sometimes with EFT. So, first of all, like the being able again to understand like um, our emotions, being able to understand what is the actual physical sensation I'm feeling in my body that is causing me to have uh, thoughts about what I'm feeling, interpreting them as me being wrong or not being worthy or being unlovable. Um,
0: so. I just can, yep. I, can I pause you for a second? Because the one that we were talking about before we hit record, like that was so profound, just us talking about that. Like we were talking about shame, right? And you described shame as being like that doom feeling in the pit of your stomach. But so often it's the judgment that we have. Like we, we experience the doom feeling in the pit of our stomach. And then it's the thought like, I shouldn't feel this way. What did I do? Why did I do that? It's that judgment
1: And it's also, I should be over this. I should know Mm. enough work. Like that is so often, especially if you are somebody who is a life coach, I tend to work with a lot of other life coaches, certainly people really involved in personal development work and almost universally what people come to me for is to get mind and body on the same page because i work with kind of a lot of overthinkers that get stuck in their heads again using that i should be over this this you know i should know better by now mm-hmm. not realizing that sensation in your body that's causing that feeling to come back it just means that there is a part of you that is reliving the moment you made that earlier decision right mm-hmm. and so and when you're moving through the world here and now and you confront something and it never has to make sense because it doesn't. You were fi- I was five, right? Five year old doesn't have the critical thinking that I'd like to think I have now. And, you know, she's just thinking about these big, vague things. So that's why it can feel even that more confusing when, as a grown up, you're like, this isn't even fucking related. I haven't, you know, I've never had this issue as a kid. I didn't have trauma as a kid. I didn't have it as bad as other people. These are all yeah. the judgments going to our heads that render us incapable of even problem solving with, or even a knowing what the actual problem is because we're like too busy assigning judgment about it and when we were talking before here we were using an example of um avoiding physical pain like if you run into a chair you know you don't want to run into the chair again because stubbing your toe fucking sucks <laughs> like yeah. so you don't and but oftentimes what we do is we're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I should have touched that chair back under the table. I should know I live in this house. Like, you know, we just get so sucked into that instead of just being like, I'm feeling a lot of pain right now. That sucks. Let me like sit down and hold my toe or just sit down and breathe.
0: Yes. Through it. Yeah. It's that layer that we add on top, what we go on to make it mean, all of the judgment that we put on it. Yeah. yeah we-
1: you know, when you think about coaching, we life coaches help people back up from their lives. So they can see the grand picture of their lives and decide, like, "Oh, is this still making sense for me?" It's nope, it's not. Like, is this be- even belong in this puzzle anymore? Is it go to mm. like another one, right? And so it it is just so important to if you're not working with a coach or have any kind of guide in this to just being able to always like choose space and grace for yourself, taking a step back and just pinpointing, like, what am I, where's this emotion today? What am I feeling? What sensation am I feeling in my body? And what is it trying to tell me? I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the powerful questions we can ask ourselves, think about um, public speaking, right? It's like what the most universal public fear. (laughs) Yes. And Often though, when we're getting ready to, uh, speak in public or be on a podcast or guest coach in, you know, somebody else's group, and then we feel all that anxiety and that nervousness, right. And then we start making it mean I didn't prepare. I'm going to look like an idiot. This isn't going to be fun. They're not going to get me whatever it is for you. Instead of like a very easy way to like, just kind of regroup is to sit with that. And I will say that oftentimes for me, especially now, because I still experience anxiety when I am getting ready to talk in front of people. I was anxious even before we got on, like getting ready to do this podcast, even though you're a good friend and I know that this is going to be safe. Right. Well, when I sat and like let myself feel that anxiety, it just comes down to like, I am so passionate about what I do. I want everybody to understand that the judgment for what your body is doing and is, is completely optional.
0: Yeah. And, so- and I want to highlight that question that you just gave us. Cause I think that is so good. What is this emotion telling me? Like, what is this emotion trying to tell me? And I often say to my clients when they're nervous, like nerves are simply telling you that you are doing something important, something meaningful. You're leaving your comfort zone, right? Like, yeah. isn't that a magical thing?
1: Totally. And, and knowing that like, okay, what if your answer is no, Zena? it's not a magical thing. It sucks. And I don't want it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just for that, you, that can exist. And also you can still choose to step into a, another version of what you want to believe about that. And when we don't know what we want believe about something it's so much easier to get stuck in our default cycle of this is wrong this is scary this anxiety is telling me i'm I'm about to blow this speech um
0: yeah so it's the the layer sorry to interrupt you it's the layer of like what do you want to make this emotion mean like what do you want to make the anxiety mean about public speaking or the nerves what do you want to make it mean about what you're doing yeah like Uh, being more deliberate instead of letting your brain default to holy shit something's going wrong this is terrible
1: and knowing too that if our, our thought our old thoughts are even allowed to be there right it's because I, I see people get kind of confused about this and when they're learning how to change their thoughts and they're like I get clients that do this all the time and they're like well just that old thought came back that that thought that told me I'm not good enough I'm like okay like did you believe it or did you remind it hey we actually don't believe that anymore. Here's what we do believe. Mm-hmm. It never has to be a problem when things come up for us. Oftentimes again, but well, I have I'm not even sure if I did my due diligence in introducing myself, but prior to becoming a life coach, I was a therapist a therapist, which I think for like 12 years before I pivoted to in 2017. And and in it's, it's always kind of being able to come back and again, sit with how we are feeling and not like, as you said, making them mean anything about ourselves, especially not that we haven't come far enough or that we should be over something. Um, The other thing that I was gonna say, especially when it comes to anxiety, like even if you're somebody that maybe experiences chronic anxiety, like never assume that you know what it is it's about each day or each time you experience in the day, right? Every time it comes up, being able to ask, you no, know, what are you trying to tell me in this moment? Because when we try to ask an emotion like anxiety, what are you trying to tell me? Like broadly, it's like, oh, well, it's all these things. The world's a terrible place and it's so scary. And let me tell you all of the reasons why to include things that are going on half a world away from you that aren't even like making an impact but you should definitely know about, like period, right? Instead of just being like, Oh, what are you trying to tell me today? And yeah. then being able to move forward. Yeah. So that. it's, it's really getting curious,
0: uh, right? Like, and, and I've heard this before, I think I've said it before on the podcast, like there is no judgment in curiosity. So if we can drop into curiosity, what are you trying to tell me? What's, you know, where's this coming from? Asking those questions. Yeah.
1: Being able to cultivate patience for yourself the the patience to deliberately take a step back and explore these questions throughout the day cultivating the patience to explore knowing that uh, personal development is a journey not a destination not an end point there is no those time where you are just like all right I'm done now. I do believe in integration times which is those times where we just like take a week off from, like to just go live out and be a human and like practice all the things that we're learning and noting and celebrating all the progress we're creating. Um, But that doesn't mean, like knowing that progress doesn't mean prevention, right? Like lots of times, Mm. I have to be perfect at this 100% of the time. I have to prevent this old thought coming up. I have to prevent this feeling, prevent this emotion prevent this memory from creeping in, prevent this behavior. Oh, no. Sometimes stuff happens because guess what? We're all humans and personal development work doesn't turn us into robots.
0: Yeah. And I think that so many people, sometimes myself included, right? We want to never have the thought again. We never want to feel that way. I've worked on it. It's done. It's not coming back and then it knocks on the door and you're like "What the heck what's wrong. Uh,
1: I used to. So I came up with this analogy once, um, when one of my clients was experiencing this and I was just like, okay, like you get, it has Alzheimer's. That thought has Alzheimer's. It forgot that it doesn't live here anymore. It gets to go to the Alzheimer's unit in the old folks home where it lives. And, you know, she loved that analogy. And so I was giving it to another one of my clients who happened to be a palliative care nurse. So working with end of life and hospice. And she was just like, I love that. I love the idea of sending these old thoughts to hospice where they are treated with care and compassion and dignity, yes. they are ushered out of life. Right. And I just <sighs> thought. Bumps
0: talking Thank about you. That. I love that. And I'm so going to borrow that because <laughs> like, so, and I see so many of us, you know, having that, yeah, I'm not good enough thought showing up in some, some different it's, it shows up in different outfit every time it comes around right? Sometimes it's hard to recognize, but again, you can just take it back to hospice and let it be taken care of.
1: Yeah. They just were wandering, right? I think somebody who doesn't know and they're just like out wandering and they just have to be ushered back. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about the EFT component Mm -hmm. because this is use this. So EFT emotional freedom techniques or tapping is an energy healing modality that involves tapping on energy meridian points, which are points located around the body. They're used in acupuncture and acupressure and in EFT, predominantly there's nine of them that we're using. And these points specifically, they're connected to the central nervous system, which is where like all of those um, chemicals that flood our body when we're experiencing something stressful, when we're experiencing a painful uh, emotion, come from and so yeah we know like our brains are like wired from back in like cave people days right and so it categorizes things as danger and danger means i'm literally about to die and our brains get like very confused and so like the amygdala which is that part of our central nervous system that sends out those like Alert responses to the rest of the body, it's kind of like a scout. It's always like on the lookout for things, and the scout is very well intentioned. It wants to do its due diligence and keeping you safe, but it's also like probably not the smartest like, part of our brain, right? And so it really gets confused about things. Um, and, and when we let that part of ourselves just kind of take over without ever being able to, again, cultivate the patience needed to be like, hey, tell me what you're scared of today. That's actually not a tiger. It's just a car. I can totally see, you know, it was coming at us really fast. I could totally see why you would, uh, you know, have, have gotten those two, two things confused. I could think about like when somebody talks to you like that about anything, it feels so much nicer. And instead of being like, honestly you idiot, we're in downtown Honolulu, no tigers here, you should know better, right? That's never going to feel good. And so when we tap on these points, what we're doing is sending a soothing response to the central nervous system, calming it down. So then we can just choose to think more clearly, hey, what are you trying to tell me? Oh, actually, you know, we don't have to believe that. And where our kind of emotions that are kind of our core emotions, right? Those ones that we might feel the most often that are the most uncomfortable. For me, I spent a lot of time understanding guilt because guilt is something that it, it, it just is present in my life all the time. And prior to really like understanding where that came from and what I want to make it mean about me, I was experiencing a lot of shame i did something wrong not only did i do something wrong i'm wrong just by the nature of my being of you know how i exist in the world and so when we kind of can pinpoint that oh there's this thing that keeps coming up for me no matter how much i'm you know changing my thoughts around it no matter how much i feel like i'm practicing uh, self-forgiveness or self-compassion me as an eft practitioner. I'm always gonna get curious about the first time you, your body felt this way. And typically that's something emerges, some kind of memory between the ages of zero and six, where a lot of our decisions about who we are and what our place in the world um, were kind of formed. And so what happens is when we experience a significantly emotional event in, during those uh, ages, and then as an adult, like we're moving through the world and something reminds us of that, like, and, we're, and it feels really confusing because our heads are like, whoa, we have been working on this. We know we're, you know, we're in charge of our thinking. We're choosing new thoughts. Why does my body feel so uncomfortable? Just being able to, again, know that there is a part of you re-experiencing that moment in time where they first made that decision. And so with EFT, I can actually do that. When I do the deep dive work with my clients, we are actually restructuring those memories and we're we're doing something that allows that piece of you to integrate into who you are now. We're giving them that piece of understanding from you as an adult, which which allows them to calm down. And like you experienced, so kind of getting into that, There is something that um, in the EFT land, we call the apex effect, which is when something happens and we give like the credit to something else, or we forget entirely that this thing was such a problem for me because EFT is so gentle and it just integrates. And then you just go on, you're living your life. Like, it sounds like you experienced forgetting like (laughs) A profound issue for me and now it's not even there yeah
0: and that's exactly what i experienced and i think it was one simple session that i had with you and i i know i came to you and i was quite distraught and i knew exactly like what memory it came back to and i knew exactly how it was showing up in my life but even now i can't even tell you what it was i, I kind of recall the memory but there's nowhere like there's no pain There's no emotion attached to that memory. I'm like, oh, that's just something that happened in my past. Like that's like it, it was so transformation and it wasn't necessarily that it like, yes, there was transformation at the time, but I think over time it has like actually compounded to where I'm like, not even sure what I was worried about and what happened and what the emotion was or any of that. And I know there was a lot of like shame in it. Like I had done something wrong, but that's kind of all I remember. And I also wanted to say that I have used EFT since just on myself and going through that process, especially with anxiety. That is something that I experience from time to time. And when I have a lot of anxiety, I will sit there and I will go through and tap on these various points of my body. And I know that, like, I've got the I think it's the tapping solution app, but. I know that it asks you to rate the emotion on it on an intensity scale of one to 10. And I remember rating it at like an eight or a nine. And you go through this tapping sequence a few times. I think it's like roughly 10 minutes I spent doing it. And then I rated it at like a three. I felt like I had just calmed my body and my central nervous system down so much. And I remember being like, holy
1: shit, this is profound. I have been, so I discovered EFT two years, a little over two years ago. I mean, honestly, and here, here's another thing. So a lot of times people hear the term like energy healing, energy, uh, modality, energy psychology. And they're like, "Whoa, that shit's woo. Not for me. It's weird. She's going to make me play crystals. Like, you know, this is a spiritual thing. atheist, like, you know, whatever, this is not my thing. Look, Emotions are energy, same fucking thing. Like, and if you are somebody who is just shutting yourself down to uh, so many different possibilities because you're so terrified of the word woo or weird, like you are closing the door to just infinite possibilities out there um, that don't even require like suspending disbelief. Like there's so much, I mean, EFT is an evidence-based uh, modality that is currently there's so much research on it. So if anybody is ever interested in that, that is something I can give to them. Um, but um, there, when I was I was in the military for a while, so I was a therapist in the military after my time in corrections. And EFT was actually something for a while that the military is using. I when I discovered it, it was through my work with veterans. I was facilitating retreats for veterans and actually I used it because, um, there was a spider infestation and I have had debilitating arachnophobia my entire life. And somebody taught me EFT, two rounds of it. And like 18 months I worked there. I don't love spiders, but I went from somebody who was unable to sleep at night because there were spiders in the vicinity. Of course there are. We were in the woods. Who used to be driving down the beltway when I lived outside of Washington, DC. And just suddenly my brain would be like, there's a huntsman spider on you, which you know I know exist in like Australia. I don't even think they're on the mainland US. And like I'd be like, what the what the shit like there, i know there isn't but my body would be dysregulated i've broken phones thinking a spider was like anything out of the corner of my eye was a spider and i was going to see it and i don't know was it going to come up through the phone at me that's what my brain thought like, right and that's what it made my body feel and so it was so quick for me to come down from arachnophobia and then i started teaching this to veterans and just seeing the impacts it had on combat trauma on and then in bringing it into my coaching practice on how well it allows thought work to integrate when you can get the body and the uh, mind on board, I kind of see EFT is like offering the interpreter. It's like the interpreter between the two. So mm. they on the same page and be like, oh, yeah, you're... T- Totally right. You were just speaking French when I'm a German, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's such a good example. Cause that's I think that's exactly what's happening. Is like often when you're in the emotion, like you can logically think, hang on a minute, like, no, I'm not gonna die. Things will be okay, like it'll work out. But your body's not on board with that. Even your brain might not be fully on board. <laughs> you're trying to get on board. And like you say, it's that interpretation when you can get your body on board. Sometimes that just gets your brain. To cooperate as well, and just and for me, I experienced, like you were saying a lot of overthinking, and it helps you to slow that right
1: down. Yeah, and I think like being able also to know like our brains don't have to be a hundred percent on board mm. for anything. you right? Like there is a lot we can do with like thirty percent belief in ourselves on the day where it's on the yeah. days where, it's, right? Like even if you have like one percent stepping into like that 1% of you on on those days. And instead of waiting until you feel 100% ready or the absence of all doubt, like of course we we're gonna like feel doubt when we get ready to do something, even if we feel really confident in it, because depending on what it is, like the stakes can be high, right? You and I are life, we are making, we are changing people's lives every single day. It is exciting and wonderful of an opportunity that is, it can also be terrifying, right? When you feel like your Mm -hmm. message is being heard enough. Like we all have this like finite amount of time here on earth. And when sometimes it's like, when you're passionate about making a positive change, it's so easy to be like, I cannot do enough today. And it can get overwhelming when we believe so much in changing the world and making an impact. And that's like kind of where the burnout comes from. Right. So just being able, again, cultivating that patience and giving ourselves a chance to get our message out and help all the people who are ready to receive that.
0: Yeah. And I want to come back to what you said about the woe before, because I think there will be many of my listeners who are like, what the hell are these two talking about? And I just want to say, The very first time I was introduced to EFT, I was living in London and my best friend and flatmate who I was living with, she got introduced to it. I'm not sure how, and she was showing me and teaching me. And I was just like, what the hell? And I never did it. I never tried it. Now she was talking about how transformational it was. And I was like, "Mm "Mm-hmm." and it's (laughs) it's all these years later that I'm like, damn, she was right. Like it, it. to me, I wrote it off because I was like, that's weird. That's woo woo. You're tapping on your body and saying things. It's unusual, but holy shit. It is profound, like life-changing.
1: It's so funny because I had a very, very similar experience. So this is actually even after I was already coaching and I, sometimes I used to coach actually, and we'll talk about this because I know a lot of your audience are travelers. So I used Mm -hmm. to coach and especially around like fallen doing like some kind of humanitarian work in other countries and so i was uh on this trip in peru and the participants were kind of working um with a couple of women in a domestic violence shelter and each one had kind of prepared like a tool or something to teach and i was kind of um you know, sitting in the background, actually, right when we walked in, one of the little girls that uh, was the daughter of somebody there, um, just kind of gravitated towards me and like walked up and just wanted me to hold her. So I was kind of sitting in the corner observing. And this was actually my first time experiencing EFT. And someone was teaching this tapping thing, and I just remember thinking, What is that? It's weird. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that, you know, and yeah, it until fast forward two years later my back is against the wall. Cause at that time, like how many times are you, you're willing to change or ready to change or ready to do anything like at the moment where you're ready. And for me, it was like my distress over the spiders was that that was a job that I wanted so badly. I was so passionate about it. And I was getting ready to like run these retreats in the woods. And there was a spider infestation in these cabins. And so that was what Got me to try EFT because when I shared how distressed I was, somebody taught it, taught it to me, and it was so impactful. My friends who were in coaching training with me when we back in like 2016 think it is comical that I am like an, an energy practitioner. Now I I like to the I really like to focus on energy practitioner versus. Energy healing—it's—it's it's just a bit of semantics for me, um, and I think it's an important one, but it's going to take me down another rabbit hole. So we can talk yeah, about and that. Yeah, you're, and
0: you're—and you're like not a woo-woo person to me. Like I see you as like intrepid solo traveler, very active, like passionate about helping people. Love your cats, fellow crazy cat lady. Just saying.
1: Yes. And also though, like, I do think it's important? Like when we are choosing the things that we want to do, the thoughts, we want to think the behaviors that we want to increase more of, like that we do it from an empowered place, not from like a place of fear. And so if this is still something, because like, again, like I just said, like sometimes I'm uncomfortable with the term energy healer, that's still something I'm unpacking for myself. Um, and, and I, because I am scared, I've been really known in the past couple of years as the person who speaks logically about energy work. And so I have a lot of clients who are otherwise like, I, I think it's fun to call them like woo curious now, because that's kind of where I even still am. now there are some things that I look at and I'm like, okay, still sounds weird, but I cannot deny the magic that happens when I am doing energy work it is incredible it's gentle it's life-changing it's exciting and and so I am creating more space for me to Mm. like actually claim the word weird because yeah I'm all of the things that you just mentioned I'm logical I am I believe in science I and, and myself, an overthinker, although sometimes I'm also an overfeeler, depending on the day, but I am all of those things. And also, I you am know, intrigued by energy work and I'm intrigued by, I mean, there's now other modalities that I am also trained in that are all together. It is such a cocktail of like power. Yep. I, I adore. So, just it's just questioning that. Like, why am I so scared? Who cares if it's woo? Yeah. A bit weird. like weird yeah. is beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and it'll change your life <laughs> the worst thing you can ever call me is normal and then I'm like oh that hurt my feelings but then when somebody tells me like I'm weird I'm like hell yeah I am thank I you love- I'll take that <laughs> tell
0: us a little bit about like having used it when traveling because as I mentioned a lot of the listeners
1: solo female
0: travelers like how could we integrate oh. that
1: Like think about, um, being in anything often when we travel, especially as solo, uh, travelers, we're seeking something. We're seeking like a space where we can learn something new about ourselves. Um, we're confronting like a lot of fear, whether it's a fear of, um, being lonely, a fear of what might happen to us on trips, um, expectations not being met. Like if you go somewhere and it just kind of things aren't panning out, EFT can be a fantastic tool to honor those things. I know that sometimes, especially with traveling, right? Like we can, uh, I know oftentimes, you know, I just was visiting you recently. I planned my trip to New Zealand for like almost 18 months before I, I got there. And 99.9% of like the trip was incredible. And there was like a couple little things where my like expectations weren't met. And honestly, it wasn't, I was tapping while on the trip, but it wasn't even until I got home and really fully sat down with it. I realized that there were like things that were disappointing that I wasn't allowing myself to really just express Because my brain was making that me and you're ungrateful. This isn't the trip you thought it was going to be when none of that was true. It was an incredible trip. And also there are a couple things that, you know, I wish I had, that had gone differently. And that doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for the experience that I had. It doesn't mean it wasn't an incredible trip, but I do think that What paved the way for that understanding to come to me post-trip is the work that I was doing on the trip, which was kind of honoring some of those things as they came up and just paying attention and, and making a note to them. And because EFT is specific, its power lies in its specificity to you. And so the tapping solution, which you've mentioned, it's a fantastic app that you can tap along with. Um, And again, it gives you time to envision certain things going on with you. But when you learn how to like kind of create your own tapping scripts, which is something as simple as if you keep a journal, just pick one topic that you are kind of struggling with that day and like just write on that, like maybe a paragraph or something, like get that detail out. And then that can become the thing that you tap on right there. And tapping because it involves like accepting yourself with whatever thought or feeling or emotion you're experiencing. And so again, you're accepting yourself even with those things, not waiting till it's over, not waiting till you're someone else, not waiting till you don't feel it anymore. And that is what causes the the release there or or shifting in your understanding, you might still be anxious, but you're just like, oh yeah, of course I'm anxious. I'm getting ready to go on Zena's podcast and I want to make sure I make sense. So the anxiety isn't a problem anymore. Yeah. Yes. Like this has happened when I, um, I do sometimes like tapping circles, which is group EFT when something major is happening in the world. And so w- after the um, most recent shooting in school shooting in Texas, I did a tapping circle on gun violence. And it's not a circle where people bring their like um, thoughts and opinions about this to debate. It's, this is how I'm feeling. And so you can honor all the fear and heartbreak that was in there. And so of course, by the end of that hour, actually, I think that was a longer one, an hour and a half, like people were still angry and sad and like heartbroken, but they were hopeful. They were they, or they had like a new idea of something they could do. Like they no longer felt like that helpless feeling. So sometimes it's, again, it's about understanding what our emotions are trying to tell us, not eradicating them. And
0: I think as well, like it 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 really helps to take the intensity out of the emotion. So when I think of that in a visual term, I think of like, you know, fluoro pink, and you take the fluoro pink and you, it, it, it kind of waters itself down to like a dull baby pink, like really light pink. Like you're helping to remove so much of the intensity. Like that has been my experience with, with doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then in the less intensity allows for more understanding Yes, and then allows for you to choose, okay, how do I want to think about this? And one of the things I'm always teaching my clients to focus on rather than a Positive mindset and empowered mindset. Mm -hmm. How can I ownership of this? That often is going to lead to the positivity. It's also going to allow you to like accept yourself, problem solve, come up with choices on your own, learn how to let something be there and not necessarily need to change it, and also move forward.
0: Yes. And I love that you said that because I think it also removes that kind of toxic positivity, which we have such a tendency to kind of try and do to ourselves, like with the trip, when you're saying I should be grateful for this, right. Versus actually, I am grateful. And I'm also experiencing some disappointment and that's
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. to me, the, the most important things to just think about when, when dealing with emotions, right? And, and EFT is the practical tool that can be used to do a deeper dive in understanding, but what it's always going to come down to first is how can I show myself compassion in this moment? Self-compassion is the greatest tool that you can have in life period, I think, because when you can have the, you know, the, the cultivation of patience to choose self-compassion and give yourself love. You have so much, so much more to give everybody else around you. And
0: I love that we've ended up here because one of the questions that you shared with me when we were hanging out recently and just tell me if I've got this right, but it was what's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself right now, which is another version, I think, of a question which I often ask my clients, like, what does it look like to have your own back right now? So I wanted to offer everyone that question because I think it's such a beautiful question.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. They mean the same thing. And sometimes we just need, like, kind of an arsenal of little questions to ask ourselves. Sometimes it can be really, you know, when things get too routine, like, we start, we kind of take them for granted. Yes. Right? When you can like just come up with like a couple of different questions. Like I have three that are like my most powerful questions for myself that I kind of like cycle through like is which one fits here today. And, and that's just the question that becomes my question of the day. Right. Whenever I like something and like one of them has always been since actually we met in the the mastermind we have met in that Lindsay taught me, it's like, can this be simple? Yes question for somebody who's an overthinker and I I, yeah gets you right out of like complication and just permission to just make a decision and move forward knowing if you can have your own back if you know how to give yourself compassion there's literally like nothing you can't do in the world Mm. Yes.
0: I love that. I love that so much. And I just want to like recap something that we've already talked about, which I wanted to highlight, which is for people who want to get started with using EFT, first of all, they need to follow you. And I'm going to tell them exactly where to do that. Or you will tell them exactly how and where they can do that in a minute, but also they can download the tapping solution app. And I know you can get, I think it was like a seven day free trial. And I just recommend watching some of the videos that like take you through the process and how to do it. Also, like Jess has a bunch of resources that I know she can hook people up with if they're wanting to learn. Um, And I know on your Instagram as well, you've actually shared going through the process a few times. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, But also I want to highlight like having a journal, like especially if you're traveling, you can use the app. And if you've got a journal, like that is a travel essential. So you can be seeing what's going on in your brain, how you're feeling in your body, all the things.
1: Yes. So
0: before we do our rapid fire fun questions, which you have no idea what they are, which just excites Uh me
1: so much. (laughs) Yeah, start tapping.
0: Um, Is there anything else that you feel like we haven't covered that you would like to add?
1: Oh man, I think that we covered so much here, right? And so instead of adding something new, I think I just want to end with the most important thing if you take nothing away from anything today is that it's like let's normalize emotions don't have to be a problem and the greatest tool that you can use in that is cultivating the patience to choose self-compassion
0: yes yeah and I think that you really display that so beautifully thank you yeah do my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's dive into our questions. Tell us, what does it mean to
1: you to be brave AF? Well, I think that recognizing that you cannot have bravery, you cannot choose courage like without fear is the most important thing to do and choosing to trust that that is true, I think is one of the bravest things that I continue to do every day is choosing, just choosing trust, self-trust and everything that all the work that kind of goes into that.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love what you said about like, you can't be brave or courageous without fear being present. Like that is true. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell us about a time where
1: you were brave. I mean, you just heard me tell you about conquering spiders, right? Like, <laughs> and I think the, the time, oh. actually, I'm going to go with a different one right now, since I've already told that story. Uh, recently in New Zealand, we were in Queenstown and we I went bungee jumping a couple years ago in South Africa and I have pretty much I swore I would that is not something I needed to repeat did it once like you know it was terrifying didn't quite have the the experience that I thought I was going to have obviously I survived but I thought it was going to be like this peaceful thing where I would like be hanging over this like you know spectacular scenery at the end and have like this be so happy that I was like alive and like had this quiet moment where nobody else was. And it was not like that. It was horrifying, terrible. (laughs) I wanted to get up immediately. And then so we get, and we hadn't booked things ahead of time. And so one of the last things that was available was the Canyon swing and, which is basically bungee jumping. You're jumping off a platform. It's actually higher than the bungee jumping in Queenstown, And, um, and then it swings me out over this Canyon and I've actually done a lot of like a lot of unpacking of this because at first I was trying to minimize, like this wasn't brave. It felt like I was bullying myself, but it actually wasn't true. The only reason I did cho- choose to do that again was because I wanted to have that experience with my husband and we were getting ready to go do that tandem. And so when you want to choose bravery remembering if you have a really um if you're really connected to your why it allows you to do anything you want so because i really wanted to have this experience with my husband who was amazing like the whole entire time like i chose to be brave and go do this damn bridge thing but now really Zena, never again (laughs) i I have learned i do not need to jump off of high things anymore
0: (laughs) I watched the video of you and I got anxious waiting for you to do it. It wasn't even the video of you doing it. It was the video of you like leading up to doing it. And then I lost my stomach watching you doing it. And I was like, oh, I can't watch. Like, <laughs> Definitely fun. brave, very brave. And lucky last question. What is one of your favorite places that you have traveled to or visited?
1: Oh, yeah, it is Mount Rainier. National Park, which I think is, you know, sometimes people think that's kind of funny. They'll be like, oh my God, you're like such an international traveler. Really? It's this place in the US that you'll, that is your place. But um, there's a special place in my heart for Mount Rainier. Like, you know, for anybody who looks at the pictures you might um, be posting of of my bio, Um, my tattoo is based on it starts with Mount Rainier on the top and my, old tattoo sleeve is based on flowers in Washington States and is the picture or the tattoo itself is a picture I took while hiking. And I just had like very special, profound moment while hiking by myself, um, in Washington that I just, I just love.
0: That is super cool. Now I want to Google it. (laughs) I want (laughs) to (laughs) visit. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Jess. All right. Lucky like last question. Tell everyone where they can go to find you and follow you and hang out with you.
1: Totally. First thing, sign up for my email list because you are going to get in there lots of information on emotions, thoughts, feelings, as well as my workbook that is going to teach you how to use EFT for yourself very specifically. And there's also a video series that I do that it that kind of puts all of this stuff together as well. So you can do that by shooting me an email, JessJohnsonCoaching at gmail.com. And then Instagram speaking a great perhaps one is my Instagram handle. And I think the bio in there in my bio, you can also sign up for my email list. And then on Facebook. It is Jess Johnson coaching services. And actually Facebook probably has the most um, tapping demonstrations on there. So I tend to jump on Facebook lives and do, um, do those. And I try to always do them in real time when I am, when I am struggling with something. So they're not something that are made up. You can see me go through a full range of emotions. I'm often talking through, this is what's Happening. So it's like, I really think one of the best ways to kind of understand the nuances of how EFT can help you uncover things.
0: Yeah. And I've watched some of those videos and I found them incredibly helpful, especially just normal. It normalizes so much of my own experience seeing you go through it. I'm like, like oh, yeah. Okay.
1: So immune to this shit. <laughs> right. The- you know, like we just know what to do, when to do it and can choose it for ourselves, right? We go first. So yeah, yeah, totally.
0: I love it. And I will link to all of those in the notes under the episode as well. So thank you so much, Jess, for coming along and hanging out with us and sharing so much of your stuff with us. It's been
1: amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome.
0: Hey friends, if you want to hang out, come find me on Instagram. I love playing over there and sharing lots of little gems. Zena.jones.coach is where you will find me. Remember Zena is spelt with an X. Also, you can check out my website, ZenaJones.com. And if you would like to explore coaching and working with me one-to-one, then please do book in for a consult. I would love to chat with you.